What's going on, everybody? It's your man, Dan, and you guys are back tuning in to another episode of The Last Dan. It's been a while, but I won't leave you stranded like that <laughs> next time. I hope y'all have been doing y'all things, staying blessed in the world. Inflation is crazy, but prices are going down a little bit. Also, the weather is cooling down, you know, falls around the corner. Football is back. The Champions League group stage starts today. It's exciting times. Go get you a pumpkin spice little joint from your favorite spot to get coffee or whatever, what have you. But today I want to talk about a few things, if y'all don't mind. Um, I'm sure if you guys have been listening to the Doyen Wave Podcast Network, you've heard me say that basketball is the most individual team sport. But I had to think to myself, uh, maybe it's baseball. And that's why, you know, I had I tried to have a conversation with Jamal and Chapasuit Convos about how stats don't matter as much in other sports. Because, for example, in football, it's more based on your reputation and your legacy. A lot of people will say Deion Sanders is the greatest cornerback of all time. But when you ask them why, they don't really give you statistical information. They don't say, oh, he has the most interceptions in NFL history because he doesn't. Or he has the most defensive player of the years ever as a cornerback because he doesn't. It's more based on, oh, well, he shut down half the field reputation. The same thing in basketball. A lot of times when people try to talk about who's better, they'll bring up team success. But, hey, does that mean you're a better individual because you played with a better team? You know, that's what makes it tricky. But I think baseball is the most individual team sport because the batter, you do it by yourself. The pitcher, yeah, you have a catcher that can, you know, say, hey, I think you should throw the pitch here. But you're mostly doing it yourself. All the people on base and field and on position They are responsible for their zones. Yeah, of course, they collaborate for like double plays, triple plays, outs, those type of things. But it is very individualized, the sport of baseball. And I think that's why they have a higher value in their benchmarks, like 500 home runs, 300 wins, 3,000 strikeouts, those type of things. I think 2,000 RBIs or something, 500 stolen bases, like, You know the benchmarks in baseball. In basketball, what is it, 20,000 points? All right, that's cool. And running back in football used to be, or like, you know, getting double-digit rebounds and assists, you know. We love triple-doubles now, but when Jason Kidd was doing it 20 years ago, it wasn't a big deal, but I digress. But, yeah, I guess in football, you can say, um, you know, the benchmark used to be a running back getting 1,000 yards. That mattered when it was a 12 and even 14-game season. But once it became a 16 and now 17-game regular season, getting 1,000 yards is not a big deal like it used to be. 2,000 yards is still the big deal for sure. It's the same thing like with a quarterback. Getting 4,000 yards used to be a big deal now with the frequency – and how teams throw the ball, it's not. 5,000 now is a big deal, but we see that happen a lot also. And then with wide receivers, man, somebody get 2,000 receiving yards. I'm waiting for that. I think Jerry Rice still has the record with 1,848. Maybe Calvin Johnson almost got it if 
Maybe he did, but I think Jerry Rice still has the record. Somebody go get 2,000 receiving yards, but you know what's the realest thing about all of this? When it comes to having discussions about sports, I know team sports are the most fun to have these debates because basketball and football are the most popular sports in America. Soccer is the most popular sport in the world. But to be honest, the individual team sports are the best sports. <laughs> That's an oxymoron, individual team sports. The individual sports, the boxing, tennis, golf, track and field, you know, swimming, that, yeah, they have team events, but, you know, it's mostly individualized. Those are the best sports to have conversations about who's the best because it is one-on-one, you feel me? It's not like a five-on-five or a one-on-nine in baseball or thing hockey is six-on-six. Boxing, me versus you. And if you look at, like, you know, old highlights about um, different boxers of different generations, you can go and look at a Sugar Ray Robinson, a Joe Lewis, a Max Schmeling, uh, a Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard. You can see how their fighting styles still can translate today. George Foreman, all these legendary boxers. Joe Frazier, I can go on and on. You can see even Mike Tyson, because, yeah, his prime is now 30-plus years ago. It's wild. Time flies. But they can still translate. You can still see how their styles can work against someone else, the same as golf. You can look at Arnold, Arnold Palmer, Ben Hogan, Gary Player, those type of OGs in the game and say, hey, how would it translate with these courses and all that? So you can still do that, and you can with tennis. And, you know, salute to Serena Williams. She recently retired from the sport of tennis. She dedicated over 20 years to that game, became a global icon along with her sister, Venus. Shout out to their dad, Richard Williams, their whole family. You know, they got a, they wrote and they produced the movie, King Richard, you know, the <laughs> Will Smith played their dad. The night he won the Oscar for Best Male Actor, which was illegal, but whatever. He slapped Chris Rock. If you don't remember, hey, check out the Slap Heard Around the World or whatever we called that episode of Chopper Suit Convos. But anyways, since Serena retired, everybody is calling her the greatest female tennis player of all time. Some are saying, oh, she's the greatest tennis player ever. She's better than Federer, Nadal, all those guys, Djokovic, and... It's interesting because, you know, in a lot of sports, we want to say someone is the best when they win the most. Sometimes, though, we have nuance. And I think nuance is necessary in team sports that, hey, you don't have to win the most to be considered the best. But I kind of feel like in individual sports, you kind of do have to win the most to be the best. Since it's one-on-one. And Margaret Court. She has the most grand slams as a woman tennis player, 24. I think on all tennis period, 24. Serena retired with 23, but people are still saying that Serena is the best because they feel like she played in a more competitive era. They say in Margaret Court's era, a lot of people didn't go down to the Australian Open. She's an Australian woman, and she's been, you know, fighting back against those claims. She's still with us, thankfully, and she wants respect on her name. And, 
you know, let me try to find some quotes that have been going out. But uh, Margaret Court, she said um, about Serena Williams, she said, Serena, I've admired her as a player, but I don't think she has ever admired me. And this is what she told uh, the Brit uh, British Daily Telegraph. She also said, a lot of the press and television today, particularly in tennis, don't want to mention my name. The honor has not been there for what I did do. In my own nation, I have been given titles, but they would still rather not mention me. And she believes it's because of her um, political views and her religious views. She is a Christian woman. She doesn't agree with same-sex marriage, you know, those type of things. She takes the Bible to be sacred, and she wants to uphold the values that were taught through Jesus Christ and God. And I respect and understand that. But as we know in society, as it get leans more to the left, they trying to take away your right to free speech. They trying to take away your right to be, I guess, outside of what the status quo is with your own perspective. And it's unfortunate. She says, you know, talking more about her career, Serena has played seven more years than I did. I finished in my early 30s. People forget that I took two years out. I first retired when I was 25, thinking I would never return to tennis. I got married. I had a baby. But then had one of my best years, winning 24 out of 25 tournaments. And that's the thing. You know, as sports evolves, you'll notice, uh, like Serena Williams, I think in her all-time wins, it's not as much as like Margaret Court. Uh, Martina Navratilova, a lot of the OGs of that generation, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, they don't participate in as much tournaments as even like in boxing today. Boxers in the past used to be, uh, they would fight like three to five, six, multiple times a year. Now it's one, two at the best. So, hey, it flows. She also said, I came back after two babies. After having the first baby, I won three out of four slams. And then she said, <laughs> a little salty. Serena hasn't won one slam since having her baby, which is true. She did win one when she was pregnant with her daughter. And Margaret Court goes on to say, I often hear Billie Jean King saying that people didn't come down to Australia in my early years, you know, to participate in Australian Open, like I said one of the four major grand slams in tennis. And she goes on to say Margaret Court, but Marina Bueno, the world number one, came down. So did Christine Truman, Anne Hayden, Darlene Hard. Plus Australia had some wonderful players. We had five girls in the top 10. Leslie Browery won two French Open. So yeah, she's like, hey, don't put down my era, my generation, to put someone else up. And I think that is right. I've said that before. I think we can have good, nuanced conversations about the greatness of athletes, teams, coaches, or whatever, and we don't have to put someone down to put another person up. If you have to do that, I don't think you have good debate skills. And let's see, what else would she say? Oh, yeah, she said, I would love to have played in this era. I think it's so much easier. How would I love to have family, have taken family or friends along with me, but I couldn't. I had to go on my own or with the national team. People don't see that. 
We didn't have psychologists or coaches with us. It's a whole different world. That's what disappoints me, that players today don't honor the past of the game. Yeah, and that's true. And the media is a big part of that, too. We know a lot of these athletes, they don't care about the past because they're like, hey, I'm on. <laughs> I don't got to put on for the OGs, but you have to because they sacrificed and they did a lot for you to get there. And we have to look at how things have changed because one thing, for example, with Michael Jordan, they were saying that in the past, a lot of athletes, basketball players were getting mad because of the attention he was getting, having his own signature shoe, getting all these commercials, because in their era, they were like, hey, you have to become a champion before you get commercials or these type of things. Now, you don't have to do that. So they're like, oh, MJ, that's why a lot of people were always, you know, mad at him. You know, there's some people, Dr. J, Isaiah Thomas, they'll never show him love because, you know, they were guys that felt like, hey, we the faces of the league. And then this brother comes through flying with his tongue out his mouth. What is that? <laughs> so I think we need to show love to all generations. Shout out Margaret Court. Shout out to Serena Williams. I'm not qualified to say who's the greatest tennis player ever because I like tennis. It's a fun sport. Shout out to Wafasechi back in the days growing up. I used to watch tennis with them. Shout out to Misaki. Shout out the highway, everybody. Jan Ali, Buckman Road, Woodlawn. Too many hoods to name. Everybody, man. But I love tennis to watch it as a casual fan. I only pay attention to the Grand Slams, to be honest. So I'm not qualified to say who the greatest tennis player ever is. But I think it is cool that Margaret Court is still with us. And she wants respect on our legacy, and she deserves it. She put in work. We don't have to put down someone down to put someone else up. So salute to both of them. they both legends. Be on the lookout. For champagne soccer, we coming back real soon. Be on the lookout for Rain Culture, the basketball podcast. We're coming through real soon. Be on the lookout for Chopper Soup Convos. You already know how we get it in. The Doyen Wave Network, we expanding, we cracking, we doing numbers. But hey, I'll always be here. This is your man, Dan, the last Dan. We signing off. Y'all stay blessed. Peace. Don't put down someone to put someone else up.